0: Down goes Bitcoin. Down goes Bitcoin. Well, maybe not down for the count, but down at the moment. A Minnesota dog survives five nights in a window well in bitter cold snow. And Simone Biles adds her name to the Me Too list for Larry Nazar, the doctor who is being charged right now going to a trial for some very bad things. Those three stories were pretty big stories, but not quite big enough to break the top ten for this week. So, What's in this week's top 10? You'll find out in just a moment. For the weekly wrap-up show from This is a Conversation, this is for the week ending January 20th, 2018. Welcome back to the show. My name is Jay Payne. I'm going to give you what is about 45 minutes of pretty grand content. At least we're trying to do that. We're going to go over what you already know or should know. It's news stories from the entire week, going from Friday to Friday, stretching from the 12th to the 19th. Here in January on 2018, we're going to do some of the greatest conversations we had with you over our social media sites. Now, This is a Conversation is a website that allows you to get into the conversation with plenty of other things going on, even when the conversation in the news cycle is being overrun by larger stories. Now, here in the States, larger stories pretty much means Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. In other places, sometimes there may be something else out there that's dominated the news cycle. But here, when we're all about Trump for 24 7, we get a chance to put out links to various stories from around the world uh, that are very interesting, very needed to know, and sometimes things you once you see you wish you could forget. And we get a chance to see how you react to them. Go to Twitter and follow us at TH underscore conversation. Follow us on Facebook by going for this is a conversation and making sure we are live and in your news feed or go to our main website. This is a dot com and see all the stories as they post live. Now, throughout the week, we post these stories, these links on the sites, and then we, at the end of the term, we suck down our information and put them in a spreadsheet from all the sources, add them, subtract them, do some long division, and bam, get a listing of the top stories for the week to talk about with you in this show. So to be a part of this, as we said, follow us on social media and interact with the stories as they come down. Like them, love them, hate them, share them, reply to them, comment to them, or come comment directly to me and talk about the stories, and that adds in as well. In the second segment today, we are scheduled to talk to my very good friend, James McDaniel. And it's weird being in your 40s because you can say you've known people For 20 years, and it doesn't seem like it's been so long. It seemed like just yesterday we were in college hanging out at the radio station together. And this guy is the man I live vicariously through. He does all sorts of, of, I won't say odd things, just sorts of neat things in his life. He is a host of a post show for some HGTV shows. He also gets a chance to fly around the world and watch big men beat each other up doing MMA coverage. We'll talk about a lot of that stuff in his interview. Plus, he will take on the Brackets game as well. Now let's get into the top 10 for this week as we said is the week ending January the 20th 2017. So going from the 12th to the 19th or so, these are the top 10 stories as per said by you. Starting off with number 10 and that is the false ballistic missile alert uh, rallying Hawaii. Now, this barely made it into the top 10, but it is a top 10 story. And it was a pretty big deal when it happened and surprised people on Saturday, including many residents of the state of Hawaii who got a text message and had the TVs go off to uh, a note saying a ballistic missile is en route to our island. This is not a drill. Actually, it was not a drill. It was a flat-out mistake. During a shift change in Hawaii's version of their emergency management system, somebody hit the wrong button in resetting all the commands and fired off this message to the entire state. It only took them 40 minutes to pull this message back, even though they knew within a few minutes that it was off. Uh, In the meantime, there are a whole bunch of issues on how this got happened and who was to blame and how we knew about it and was the president golfing at the time and things like that. We do know that tensions are arisen, are arisen, are high because of the North Korean thing. But right now, since they're seemingly doing much better, we'll probably talk about that in a little bit there was no missile heading towards Hawaii on the weekend. And this became a big issue, a big red face for the people working their management system there in Hawaii and efforts to make sure this never happens again, which always happens when the things happen, are going on right now. Going to the number nine story. The number nine story gets a jump in response of, let's see, it goes response response 4.82% from the 10 story. And this is a story. We have a lot of sports this week, so most of it kind of silly. This is when it's really silly. Rockets players try to get into Clippers' locker room. Now, there was a very chippy game between the Rockets and the Lakers this week. On the Lakers' home floor, the Staples Center, of course, they share that building with the Lakers. We know that. But the Clippers were playing this time. And the big issue was the Clippers, who lost uh, Chris Paul to the Rockets, Not so much loss, but he left for the Rockets, and the Rockets were in town playing. And like you said, there's a chippy game, a lot of back and forth, a lot of things going on. And because Chris Paul is a former Clipper and knows the ins and outs of the stadium, the arena, the Staples Center, if you will, uh, he knew a back route into the locker room for the Clippers. Being the visiting team and not being happy with the way things went down, Uh, him and a couple of his boys rolled into the Clippers' locker room to sort of fix things. Things were not fixed as you would believe, but things did not escalate even more out of hand either. So that's the good news on that. But it was a pretty silly thing happening that uh, they decided they were going to go run up on the guys because of uh, just guy stuff. We'll see how this actually plays down. I don't know. I know that there were no fines levied for what happened, but I don't know if there's any actual NBA repercussions going to happen and any physical repercussions between the players. Well, I guess this isn't hockey, but we'll see what happens as the season goes on for the NBA. This one goes to the number eight story. It's a jump in response, 6.9%. And this one may take a little setup, a little time to remember. Uh, the headline, woman convicted in fatal buttocks injection procedure dies in prison. Now, let's back this up a little bit. The woman was convicted in the 2012 death of a Georgia woman who had died After recently receiving silicone butt injections, uh, she has died. Her name is Tracy Lynn Garner. She's 58 years old uh, from Mississippi. She died less than three and a half years into her own life sentence, of course, giving silicone butt injections to people and uh, not doing it uh, quite in the right way. Uh, it's cheaper than plastic surgery, but the legal injections make it dangerous, essentially not being licensed. And as you say, the person who died in this incident died of heart failure due to complications of having bad silicone cells in their butt. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Let's move on to the number seven story this week. More sports, a jump in response, 9.68%. Jaguars versus Steelers. Jacksonville surprise win over the uh, surprisingly won with offense. Totally mangled that one. But the seventh story this week is a football story. A lot of football going on as we were rolling through the playoffs for the NFL. And last weekend, had a matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Pittsburgh Steelers. In that game, the Steelers quarterback did not get a chance to be heroic like he's been in the past, being um, Ben Roethlisberger. Wow, can't say anything today. And, of course, Brick Bortles, who's had some issues in being uh, the elite quarterback that's not turned into the elite quarterback in this one. But oddly enough, they, being a defensive team, which got them through the season, won by having a high-powered offense for the day. Now, we'll see what happens uh, when this Mr. Blake Bortles and his team meet up against uh, the team in New England, the Patriots, uh, whether the job that could not get done last week by Marcus Mariota can be done by Mr. Bortles. Can he be the true Brady killer? Can he take down Belichick? Can he take down the evil, evil cheaters that are the New England Patriots. That was, of course, not necessarily a fact put in there. That was more commentary. But well, that's the match that we have this week with the Jaguars traveling to see New England this weekend. The number six story this week is a uh, jump for what, 8.82%. Uh, it is New California declares independence from the rest of the state. Now, this isn't really official, but here's the deal. And it's not the first time this happens where... California has declared itself an official state away from anything else. In fact, California sort of likes to think it's not necessarily part of the Union. But this time, it's the eastern states of California basically breaking away from the west coast, the Los Angeles, San Diego, the Bay Area, everything attached to the water part that you think of as California, the whole Los Angeles glossing stuff, and the actual agricultural, the rural, and some of the mountainous areas. Basically, the rest of it decided it didn't want to be a part of California anymore because it says it's one of the fifth largest economies in the world, if taken by itself. Uh, Add L.A. and that stuff, and it's more like three or four. But you take away the big cities there, the big populated areas where people are on the coast, and they say they are a big chunk of the economy of the world and they can live without Los Angeles. Of course, a lot of people think they can live without Los Angeles. And these, of course, just some side of radicalized people who are just kind of openly declaring we want to be our own California or new California. But there is no actual secession from the Union, from California, from any of that stuff. No civil wars, no bushwicks happening in California. But it is an interesting thing to chat about. And you chatted it into the sixth spot for this week. In the fifth spot, Another football story, another NFL playoff story, and this is a 1.8% jump from the 6, and that is Win Cities, Vikings stunned Saints on last-second touchdown. Now, this is a big setup, so I'm not even going to get into it. If you're not a sports person, uh, it's going to be a waste of time. But here's what essentially came down to it. Another semi-not-so-great quarterback by the name of Case Keenum is playing the backup role for the Minnesota Vikings. They had a great quarterback who got hurt. And the backup guy's been essentially teased and, and just prodded all year long by the head coach. The head the big guy they wanted stayed on the bench. They let the guy play, but he was basically said, I'll pull him if he's not any good. That being Case Keenum. Case Keenum facing off against the Saints, who have a soon-to-be Hall of Fame quarterback as soon as he decides he's going to give up his career. The problem is he hasn't won as many titles as many people think he should have. Uh, The Saints have had a great offense and a great quarterback. Their defenses have been kind of weird over the past decade. So the Saints and the Vikings go back and forth. Actually, the Vikings go up early and go go into halftime ahead. Saints come all the way back and get back into uh, basically a two-point game. They have a two-point lead with 30 seconds left on the clock. The Vikings can do their best to get in the field goal range and kick a field goal and win the game. Case Keenum, not being exactly the greatest quarterback in the world, has some issues getting them uh, moving the ball, getting the chains moved. So in the final play of the game, 10 seconds left, he tosses a haymaker. He tosses a big one. It gets caught. The Saints defender, who is a rookie, was not in the right position to really tackle the guy. So he ducks under him, um, hoping to maybe knock him over or do something on that, that that case. He didn't want to uh, tackle him and get, a, and get a penalty for grabbing him in the air and doing something weird. In turn, he knocked down the guy tra- trailing behind him who could have tackled him with the ball. The guy catches the ball for the Vikings, runs in for a 73-yard touchdown instead of setting up a field goal, which they thought. So the Vikings win. And the really crazy thing about it is, Everyone's off the field. The Saints leave the field. The fans are hanging out. There's media all over the place. They have to kick a field goal because it's the rules, and they've got to find – they've got to find – Twelve people to come out of the locker room just to stand on the on the line. It was, it was ridiculous. Uh, so the Saints are killed in the very last minute fashion by that one play. Now this sets up the battle of the mediocre quarterbacks as the Eagles, the number one seed, who also had a very good quarterback who got hurt and was replaced by the guy they used to have there. That's a long story. Are facing Case Keenum and the Vikings. We'll see how that goes. Oddly enough, the Eagles, who are the number one seed and should be the the favorite team because they're number one, are not the favorites because no one likes their quarterback. The number four story, and we stay with sports, going to a different type of ball sport, and the pun is intended there. 18.58% jump in response to this headline, Ball Brothers Go Scoreless let the Winnie in a Debut. Now, we've talked about the Ball Brothers, that being LaMelo and LiAngelo, uh, doing what they're doing, not very much, on honestly, uh, for the world of basketball. They, of course, have been pulled out of the American game. Uh, Lamelo, Lame- Le- 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 let me get the the leaves right. Leangelo uh, pulled out of UCLA after his incident over in China, and Lamelo pulled out of high school because his dad's kind of a jerk, and sent to Lithuania to play with a Lithuanian professional team. Um, Their debut for the game over there where they played a Lithuanian junior team where they went scoreless there as well. Uh, Pretty much the same thing happening here. In the first professional-level game, they really got beat down badly. Um, So they combined for 29 points on Tuesday in the Big Ballers-sponsored showcase tournament, Uh, but that was, of course, played against second-tier teams and kids mostly. But in their main pro debut... They, yeah, they, they stunk up the place. That's pretty much it. So, the legacy of the Ball Brothers, while Lonzo is sort of so so right now as a point guard for the Lakers, the legacy for the other two and the legacy of the Big Baller brand uh, held by, you know, the Big Baller himself. Um, we'll see how that rolls on. We move now to the third story this week. This one's Sports Entertainment. Jump in response 26.8%, and that is Paige, the wrestler with WWE is reportedly done as a performer due, in, due to injury. Now, Paige has fought and battled a lot to get back into the scene for the WWE. In fact, and we're going to do this quickly because this is actually a holdover from last week, when it made in last week with its number late because it was so high. Uh, Paige uh, fought through some battles with uh, personnel, some battles with some substance abuse, and some battles with some injuries to get back into the game. At this point, she's essentially done uh, career-ending maybe early, but at least currently career-ending for what's going on in Paige's life. So we'll hope to see her doing some behind-the-scenes stuff and maybe doing some training sometime, but it looks like her role on air, on screen for the WWE, is kaput, at least for now. The number s- uh, two story has a jump in response, 95.88%. So yet that big story, it was a really big one when this one popped onto the scene. And this one is actually kind of grus- uh, gruesome, grisly, you know, gruesome and grisly. Philip Denault from the Montreal Canadiens, the NHL. We don't get a lot of hockey here, but this one apparently got your interest, so we'll probably get more hockey in here. Uh, he had to go to the hospital uh, Sunday night after a test for a head injury. He was hit in the head uh, with the puck and that usually sends you to the hospital. It was a pretty, pretty scary incident at the time, uh, but he is fine. He was released from the hospital early Sunday, it looks like, resting at home for a few days after the hit. And the number one story this week, not a big response from the number two, only 5.7% there, but from the number 10 story, that's the false alarm with the missile hitting Hawaii, 324%. 3,811% for the number 99, almost irrelevant story. We'll talk about that one uh, coming up in a bit. But this was the headline that you all have probably heard by now. I went on a date with Aziz Ansari. It turned out into the worst night of my life. A lady, anonymous woman who gave her account to Babe.net, which on the back end, Babe.net, not exactly the kindness of of magazines to men in general, gave a blow-by-blow, blow, pun intended, account of what happened when she, one, met Aniz, uh, Aziz at a um, party and then a few days later went out on a date with him. And it was pretty much uh, a horny guy chasing around a girl who kept throwing up signs like saying no essentially giving in to some things to kind of lessen the pain and eventually being sent home in an Uber crying to herself and complaining to her friends about the the thing. There are plenty of accounts at the time of messages she sent to various friends and bits and pieces of the encounter. Uh, There are accounts where they can find, yes, there were messages back and forth between her and Aziz. And uh, there's also the account from Mr. Uh, Asari. and, And sorry, I always mess his name up where he said um, he saw it in a different light. It seemed kind of okay at the time. He's still down with the cause. The cause itself is the um, Time's Up cause. He wore a Time's Up button when he won his Golden Globe Award a few days ago, or a weekend ago, and that has been a craziness thing all over the place. So this story uh, taking the lead in the shifting from the 10 to 10, or the 7 to 7, and it's still a big deal. People are now wringing their hands over, A, me too, B, time's up, and C, are men really allowed to be men anymore and what that actually means? And that's it, the top 10 as per you. You told us by responding to what we had on Twitter at TH underscore conversation on Facebook, this is the conversation, and in our main website, com. Coming up, we're going to talk to my good friend James McDaniel about the life of being a wild party man and how how he got so lucky and I got to be kind of old. That's coming up in just a bit here on the weekly wrap-up show from This Is The Conversation for the week ending January 20th, 2018. Once again, I'm asking for your help. Now, you know I'm trying to improve what we have going on here for this podcast, and I'm needing some help getting some big fish to do some brackets. So I'm looking for some larger guests to get on the brackets, and I'm engaging with you, the listeners, who may or may not know these people. Chances are, in this early stages, you probably don't, but maybe you might learn a few things about some folks. I'm adding a list, calling it the wish list, and if you go to this is a conversation.com slash wish list. You can see the wish list of names that I'm adding of people I'd like to see to get an interview with just quick interviews for the brackets and maybe for some larger projects I have going on down the line because, you know, there's always another angle. Now, we're going to start off this week with three big names of people I have no idea I'm going to get in contact with. But here we go. Noah Kagan. Noah Kagan is uh, famous for being one of the early uh, members of the Facebook clan and an early member at Mint, getting fired from those jobs and doing on to do some pretty cool things on his own. Uh, He's sort of becoming a Tim Ferriss-ish person, uh, and he seems like he's really interesting, and so I think he'd probably be down to do this. But I, of course, don't actually know Noah, so I don't know if he'd take my invitation. Number two is LeBron James. LeBron James, who we know as possibly the greatest basketball player of all time. The other possibility could be Michael Jordan, and there's a few other names that get circled around, but you really wait to have these debates after they're done so they can really debate about it. LeBron James is a pretty big and polarizing figure in the sports world and actually in the world in general, uh, doing some things and saying some things that his predecessors in the past as greatest players of the world May not have done in the political realm, but he believes he has a voice and a message that needs to be said, heard, and people need to hear what he has to say and i 'd like to have him say some things with us here on the brackets and Billy Idol, for no reason other than the fact that I listen to a lot of the eighties on my Sirius XM radio, and Billy Idol seems to be in heavy rotation uh, most weekends, so he 's in my head, and it 'd be cool just to talk to Billy Idol. Why not? Those are three names out there that are on a growing list of names of people that we'd like to see if we can get a hold of. So if you happen to know any of these people, um, see if you can hook me up. It'd be great. I, I don't have much other than Starbucks gift cards, but we can see what we can do. And it'd be appreciative to make this thing get a little better. So thank you in advance. A 20-year friendship seems like a long time when you're in your 20s, but now that I'm in my 40s, this is one of the most dearest friends I have in the world. His name is James B. McDaniel. He goes by Peppermint Fatty all over the social media, and he is a guy that we, together, did a lot of crazy things. Some things I'm sure the statute of limitations may still be out there on uh, back at a college radio station and a trailer off campus in Ruston, Louisiana. So, we got together, and we've been going back and forth on some things, and right now I had the awesome chance to catch up with him this time and have him do the big brackets with me as we continue on excellence, Can make sure we're having 50 guests for the season. So we just go in straight up with James, and he'll tell you about a lot of the great things he does, a lot of amazing things. He just had this wild, crazy life, if you will. And we're opening up with our brand-new opening question, opening interview by just asking James, what do you do?
1: Well, on my resume, it says producer for HGTV, which is pretty phenomenal on a resume for a big fat dude who has literally no experience with this sort of thing. What I technically do is, Fixer Upper is the biggest show in the history of HGTV. After every episode is over, I go on facebook.com slash HGTV, and I start a live video to usually around 100,000 viewers, and I recap the episode, I have uh, still photos from the episode, and basically make jokes and ask people their opinions on things, and they seem to love talking to me about it.
0: Now, this is a pretty big thing from a guy from Derrida, Louisiana, who got his broadcasting start at a pretty crappy trailer in wrestling, Louisiana.
1: A double-wide. A, I'm th- sorry, a
0: double-wide. I always forget. It's a double-wide. You have to say that. It was a double-wide trailer. How did exactly did you get from that start at KLPi to where you are now?
1: says the most ridiculous origin story of all time, John. Basically, I had an ex-girlfriend who worked on the first season of Fixer Upper behind the scenes. She hated it. She hated the job. She hated everything about it. And she knew I had a decent Twitter following, which was not that decent. It was like 800 people at the time. And she wanted me to go on Twitter when the first episode came on and make fun of them. And I did. And I was literally the only person tweeting at that point about Fixer Upper. And the host loved my humor, even though I was making fun of him. Actually, my first ever tweet, I believe... Was up? What's up with this guy's tooth? And that led the the host to get re- dental reconstructive surgery on a dead tooth. And um, I I ended up becoming friends with them over time. The ex girlfriend blocked me on everything. And at some point, everyone in HGTV at their offices knew who I was. So when they decided we want to do like a Talking Dad or Fixer Upper, like who do we go to? And and uh, apparently the first name that came up was my name or. My name on Twitter, which is Peppermint Fatty.
0: So, uh, you saved the show. You saved HGTV. Yeah,
1: they clearly, clearly, actually, they do give me a lot of credit for them being the first show that's ever trended on Twitter. They said they think I have a lot to do with that. I think that is vastly overstated, but I think it's the most ridiculous way a person has ever become a producer for a television network.
0: Now, as I tell people, you are the guy I live vicariously through. We were only like <laughs> two years apart in age. Still, I'm living vicariously through when you in your youth. One of the biggest things you got a chance to do, and I guess you, you still do, though know, your travel schedule, I guess, has been kind of stymied, is follow the combat sports, specifically the MMA stuff. Now, I need you to first tell me, I'm going to ask you a specific question, and then you can talk about MMA for another minute or so. Do I care? about Rampage Jackson versus Kale Sonnen uh, coming up. And, well, do I care about the Paramount Network either? Do I care about this fight at all? And then tell me about how combat sports is still going strong.
1: If you want a fun fight, you care about this fight. If you want a technical, high-level fight, you don't care about this fight at all. Technically, the co-main event featuring Rory McDonald going for their welterweight title, that should be, in a pure sports perspective, that should be the main event. It's very, very high-level MMA. But they put together a really strong card here, and they want to get eyes on it. Chell Sonnen and Rampage Jackson are the big names. But in another way, here's another, here's one reason you should care about it. Bellator is doing something that hasn't been done in years and years in MMA. They're having a heavyweight tournament. They're doing it one fight at a time, and this is the first one. So Chell Sonnen, who always competed at 185 pounds and Rampage Jackson – who always competed at 205, they're now in this heavyweight tournament to determine who is going to be Bellator's heavyweight champion. And I think that's really, really cool. The Paramount Network is interesting. I don't think that's the best name, even though you have the weight and the gravitas that comes with the name Paramount. It's a lot to say, the Paramount Network. Bellator on the Paramount Network. I'm really interested to see where this is going, how they're going to rebrand themselves, and how well Bellator fits into that. Uh Viacom seems to be all in on Bellator and in trying to compete with UFC. They've been making really big moves lately to try and compete. So uh, I'm really fascinated where this is going. So in that sense, I think you should kind of care about it because it could end up being a big deal.
0: Not to get too much off time, but remember back when it was Spike, they went really big in on TNA Wrestling, and that didn't quite work out. So well either. Actually, when they were the national network, they went in with WWE wrestling. Of course, they went back to USA back then, so that was kind of a a snag there. But wrestling didn't work for them. You think that really MMA is really going to keep a channel alive or rebrand it into something more national, if you will?
1: I think MMA has the potential. You know, one one thing uh, with Fox, the the UFC—they have this UFC deal that's about to run out, and thing is, no one would know that Fox Sports One even existed. Without MMA. And I think that's one of the, the reasons that, that uh, the Paramount Network has kept them around where they're dumping so much of the purely young male shows that they've been running at Spike TV because Bellator gets pretty good numbers. They've actually beaten UFC head to head on a couple of occasions, usually against a very, very weak UFC card. And actually, this weekend, I'm going to throw this out for anybody who's interested in MMA. This is actually a really good time to watch a Bellator show because. It's going head-to-head with uh, UFC 220, which is really a two-fight card. And the two fights are great. It's a light heavyweight title fight and a heavyweight title fight. But the Spike the card is going to end. Their main event, vs. Rampage, is going to end right before those two UFC main events start. So it's a perfect weekend to check out both shows.
0: All right, so this is a perfect weekend to check out how you do in the brackets, of course. Uh, We're going to play the game, and let me do a quick recap for folks who've never heard this thing before. What we do is, in the first segment, people have heard the top ten stories this week as voted on by responses for people around the world. You have no idea what these stories are, correct? None. So I'm going to give them to you in rearranged order, two at a time. You get a chance to eliminate them bracket style, just like the NCAAs, and then if you go through the first round of four and you skip that last one, uh, we're gonna skip that one and move on. So that's how that works in the bracket rounds. Each round you okay. get a chance to eliminate one of the two, so you're finally down to your top story of the week and we'll give you a little time to discuss that one. So James McDaniel, you ready to play the brackets? I'm ready. All right, so this is the number one story versus the number eight story this week. Number one is the uh, date description that went round the world from Babe dot net on Aziz Asari and um you, you probably know what the rest from there. The number two story is Tracy Lynn Garner, who, of course, was found guilty for a fatal silicone buttocks injection, dying in prison over the weekend, or over during the week, I, I should say. Which of those two stories is moving forward?
1: While I am really interested in knowing more about this buttocks injection... I'm ignorant on that story. We've got to go with Aziz. I'm sorry. I think that's a very important story.
0: All right. So the next two is actually a holdover that made a big stay, made a big push last week. That was high enough to stay this week. Page reportedly done as an in ring performer for WWE due to injury. And number seven story. And Paige is the third story. Number seven. Jags versus Steelers, where Jacksonville won surprisingly with actual offense. Which of those two stories is going forward
1: <laughs> I've got to go with Page.
0: All right. So we go to next. Uh, and of course, if you want to skip one, you have a chance to skip. We next okay. are the numbers 10 and 6. The number 10 story is the false alarm missile attack on Hawaii over the weekend. And number 6 is New California, where a big chunk of California declared it wanted independence from the actual coast, although they don't really declare independence. Which one of those stories is moving on? Or would you like to pass on those two?
1: This is really tough. I really like both these stories. But I think I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Hawaii. I'm going for the upset with number ten.
0: All right. So now you have two more groupings to go. You either pass this one and go to the next, or get rid of the last one. This one is Rockets player try to get into Clippers locker room. The nine story or number five going back to NFL football. Vikings stun Saints on last second TD.
1: Vikings stun Saints.
0: All right. So that means we are not going to talk about the Ball brothers going scoreless in their Lithuanian debut and. Canadians, Denault being hit in the head with a slap shot last week. So, those two stories are not going to battle on. Uh, We now have the number one versus number three. Paige, we're seeing him backwards for some reason. Uh, Paige being out of the WWE because of injury versus Aziz Ansari.
1: I never thought I'd say this, but I've got to pick Aziz over (laughs) Paige. Never in my life. It's a
0: it's a huge story. It's a huge story this week. And now we have the ten the missile attack that wasn't on Hawaii versus the Saints losing it in the last ten seconds of the game versus the Vikings versus versus the amazing Case Keenum.
1: I'm still shook over the Saints' loss, so I have to go
0: with that. All right. Personally affected. It was. It was. It was. It was it hurt. It really hurt watching that one. Uh, the, the number one versus number five, which one were we talking about? Are we talking about and Z's and sorry and the uh the date that was consensual that wasn't consensual or the Saints uh, I guess technically they didn't blow it, although they did versus the Vikings.
1: <laughs> they did. I've gotta go with Aziz. I think I've got a little more to say on that than the Saints loss, which is just heartbreaking.
0: All right, so let me open up the setting on what the story is, and then you can go into it any way you want to. There was a story published in Babe.net, or on Babe.net. It was an anonymous account, and I believe they called her Grace in the story, of a woman who met Ansari at like last year's Golden Globes, and they met because they both were taking pictures with old-school film cameras. When she was in New York, they went on a date and the date went horribly awry uh, where Aziz was um, or Ansari was essentially, as she said, something like acting like a horny teenager for the, the bulk of it. Sent her home in an Uber crying. There are a lot of texts between her and friends. There's some texts between her and Ansari. He says he thought everything was cool. Everything seemed to be consensual. She says she kept saying no and gave very clear signals and just he just didn't get it. So your take on the story, Mr. McDaniel?
1: My take is that this woman's anonymous report sets back the Me Too movement and kind of the women's movement a lot. And it could be the thread that unravels the Me Too movement. When you look into the story, she says, he ignored my nonverbal cues over and over. She never actually said, and she, by her own testimony or her own admission, she never actually says no stop any of that until a, f- a point she finally does and he says, okay, that's cool, let's just watch Netflix with their clothes on. And a number of, uh, there's been a number of phenomenal op-eds about this. There's one with the New York Times, a uh, female CNN anchor actually did a special open letter to this Grace, uh, basically reiterating the same thing, saying, look, you had a bad date. You could have removed yourself from the situation when you did verbally express that you weren't into what was going on he was, willing to, he was willing to just hang out, clothed, and end all of that. And by trying to say this was sexual assault or sexual harassment, which by the definitions that exist now, this was not from her story, it really serves to hurt the movement in that right now we've got this wonderful watershed movement where all these abusers are getting called out. And while I do think they should all face due process, most of the people that have been called out, like the Harvey Weinsteins, seem to, at first glance, be absolutely guilty of what they're accused of, and, and they're suffering the consequences, and that's a good thing for society. Mm-hmm. But when you start having things get very trivial, like like I had a bad date and I left crying, and trying and end somebody like Aziz Ansari's career, who probably does act like a horny teenager because that's probably kind of how, how he is in real life, that, to me, it takes away a lot from people who have actually been raped, who have actually been victims of physical sexual assault. And to me, it's a little bit of a slap in the face to them and the movement. And uh, I'm really glad to see the Internet is not just going with pitchforks after Aziz like they have most everyone else. And they're actually reading this account and saying, hold on, this doesn't sound illegal to me. This doesn't sound egregious to me. And I'm kind of happy that's happening. But I do worry that it's going to hurt the next person who's been holding back, putting together a case, speak out against someone who's actually hurt them in a very deep and meaningful way
0: i'm more than kind of happy i'm very happy we finally caught up it's been a while since we can been playing the phone tag game but thank you for so much for coming on and joining us and i'm hanging out with us tell the world how they can find you in your various pursuits
1: yes find me online on every social media as pepper and fatty except for facebook where i'm at james b mcdaniel you have any questions or anything you can hit me up james at puncherschancemedia.com. And John, I'm going to announce the world here very soon, not up yet, ProWrestlingTees.com slash fatty.
0: Wow, that sounds awesome. And of course, the man who saved HGTV. So uh, you are responsible for, uh, for Fixer Upper and every other thing down... Now, are they going to leave the, sh- the network now? What's the deal with that, real quick?
1: They are. They are. This is the very last season of Fixer Upper when they're kind of at their, at their height, the the end of last season, they were the number two show on cable behind The Walking Dead. They're still going strong, making tons of money, and they said, "That's it. We're we're done. We're walking away." Joanna is pregnant right now, but she only just found out. I don't think that was the reason, but uh, I can kind of assure you, they're going to be back on television at some point in the very near future.
0: Too big for uh, for basic cable, I guess, huh?
1: That's. I think so. I think that's what it boils down to.
0: <laughs> they're going to Netflix. There you go. Binge watch your uh, binge watch your made up TV as much as you want to. Thank you so much, James, and thank you for hanging out with us for the brackets.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a real honor.
0: A very quick word on Coffee for Less. They offer up, just as they say, Coffee for Less. If you're looking for a way to save on some of your business expenses, or maybe your home expenses, Coffee for Less has the deals for you. They give you coffee pods, they give you ground beans, they give you all the packets that are ready to go into your coffee maker. They also give you tea and hot chocolate and all sorts of different hot beverage and and almost cold beverages. I guess you brew them hot and they turn cold if you want to. But what you really want is a discount, and they can give you great discounts at Coffee for Less. And we give you an extra discount by going by our website, this is a conversation.com slash coffee for less, and getting on a great deal for Coffee for Less. That's what you want, that's what they offer coffee for less. Once again, special thanks to my good friend James McDaniel for helping us out by doing the brackets, hanging out with us, and playing the game, and just catching up, shooting the breeze. Good to talk to my good friend. We started off in college radio way, way back in the day, and it's great to see some good guys and good friends. Doing great things. Now we are really running out of time. We have about five minutes or so left. So let me go ahead with the close before we get into the close. If you want to have your votes counted in all the things we do, along the conversation, especially getting in for the top ten list, seeing which stories you think are the best, it's very simple. Follow us on social media, TH underscore conversation. That's for Twitter. Look for us on Facebook at this is a conversation, or just go by the website, this is a where all the details are there as well. So it's that simple. For information on me, getting a hold of me, my main website is jclevenpain.net, and you can email me at info at Dot net. So wrapping things up for the week with the stories that didn't quite make it in. and Starting off with the almost irrelevant story of the week. This was the number 99th story this week. 99 d- distinct stories in this week's uh, full listing. And it was one that came out latish uh yesterday, so it had a little chance of making a lot of tra- traction. But other things did get in the way. That was... One year after Trump's inauguration, no one will say how they spent the extra money. Now, after the inauguration, or essentially in the inauguration, they had a chance to raise money to throw a big party. That's how you do things. And they raised a record amount of money, about $106 million at the inauguration itself. And they had a party, they had a few parties, and then the money just sort of disappeared. No one seems to know exactly where it is, who spent it, or if it was spent so baby it's in russia we don't know now the rounding out the top 15 for the week stories that didn't quite get into breaking the top 10 number 11 was the plunging of bitcoin bitcoin was down this week about 47% from its peak in december so just a few weeks into the new year the bubble in cryptocurrency seems to be a little weak a little little stretched maybe not quite burst yet But the cryptocurrency thing may have an issue and Bitcoin itself down quite a bit since its massive jump in the end of the year, a massive drop to start the beginning of the year. A natural meteor fireball exploded over Michigan and it freaked out a lot of people in that state as well. That was the number 12 story this week. The number 13 story was a Minnesota dog who was blind and got lost in the middle of the snowstorms we had the past couple of days. And the dog spent five nights wrapped up in the window well in somebody's basement uh, trying to fight the cold and was able to survive the five nights. In fact, the dog was found when the person who lived at the house walked over into the basement and noticed something seemingly moving in what should have been a snow-covered window. Went, I called the police, 911, and went to check it out, and they were able to dig the dog out. Uh, found out the dog was blind. The owner let the dog out a few days ago, obviously, uh, to go do its thing she didn't come back the owner spent a day or two looking for the dog didn't know what was going on was happy that the dog was alive and survived uh all the things going on a good happy story from our small snow apocalypse that we had from the week not so great story with Simone Biles adding her name to the listing of uh, Me Too in the gymnastics scene. Larry Nazar, who's actually on trial right now, and people are speaking out about all the offenses he've done, he's, there's like gymnast after gymnast after gymnast giving personal testimony. In fact, he even asked to not have to listen to it because it was so hard to hear, and the the judge was like, "Deal with it." Simone Biles added her name. Biles added her name to the listing of ladies who had to deal with this. So it's a very sad story and very uh, amazing that he was able to go nearly 30 years dealing with gymnasts and young ladies and was able to do all this damage. And finally, the number 15 story right out of reach was Dan Gurney, who was a pioneer in IndyCar and NASCAR and Formula One and Le Mans. If it had wheels and a wheel and he drove it, that made no sense. Uh, he died uh, this week at the age of 86. Now, we used to do a long listing of people who died, people we lost in this show, and we stopped because we reformed a lot of things. We may start adding some of those to the times we have running out, but right now we're going to go to the, some stories in the time we have allotted, about a minute and a half, to. Just some stories that were in the mix. And these stories are pretty much at random as it is, so no real importance. We just have them here. I have a listing, and I'm going down as quickly as I can until we're out of time. Starting off with the amazing story. If you saw the video, it was just epic and weird at the same time of two injured in a car that went airborne. It hit a a curb, went into the air, and crashed into the second floor of a building. So they believed that narcotics were, were involved, that the people were drunk. Uh, oddly enough, injuries means minor, nothing serious, no one hurt in that thing, and the car left dangling out of the house for a few hours so they could clear it out. North Korea and South Korea decided they're going to carry a single flag at the Winter Olympics coming up in a few weeks, and they will have a joint women's hockey team, ice hockey team, for the ceremony. That's really quick and thinking going together. We'll see what it means for the actual future of a joint combined Korea, or if this is just a ploy by Kim Jong-un to get what he wants out of Donald Trump. And there was an article that came out that talked about the uh, rule of men have for dating younger women, because men have tradition to be able to do that for reasons in the past that made more sense. Today, it's just sort of weird. But essentially, the rule is men can date women half their age plus seven. And this came back this dates back to nineteen oh one etiquette, actual rules of engagement. And Apple plans to hire twenty thousand people Opened a second headquarters and paid $38 billion in tax bills from overseas profits. That's money that is going overseas uh, that they're sort of stealing from the taxes here. They're just going to funnel it back into the U.S. And that also shows that Donald Trump's big tax thing is working. We're out of time for today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And, of course, subscribe, 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 share, share, share. And be back next week for more from this is the conversation.com.